Welcome to the DOW Freedom Fighters Podcast, bringing a light and mental toughness to your everyday life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, this is uh, Lee and Dell with DOW Foundation Freedom Fighters Podcast, and we're here with the one and only retired Navy SEAL Mike Day. How you doing, sir? Pretty awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you for being on with us, Mike. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, sir. Uh, we're, we're really excited. You know, I think a lot of people in the veteran community probably know your story, but you know, as far as um, us in our small, you know, small southeast Missouri town, uh, a lot of people may not know. And we kind of want to start, you know, from the beginning, uh, like your raising and, and what prompted you to really want to join the SEAL community what what helped you with that that mindset of you know I'm not going to quit and I'm going to do the hardest thing in the United States military I could possibly do uh, it was all a mistake really yeah well I, I actually tried to join the Marine Corps and I had a GED and they wouldn't take me and uh, that was 1989 and it's I think the only time the Marine Corps wouldn't accept the GED so that's why I wound up in the Navy pretty hard-headed man we're we have a lot uh you're almost you're almost as hard-headed as a navy seal yeah (laughs) they they drill it into you they drill it into you Uh, but i know i would have only been able to do four years in the the marine corps it it was it was just too like no i i want to innovate right the marine corps doesn't let guys do that they uh I mean, you guys patrol to contact. That's scary. That's scarier than anything I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here here you go. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. Right. No. I waited waited until they went to sleep and then just took them out of their beds. Right. Makes more sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes more sense. (laughs) It's a lot safer, too. Right, yes. Absolutely. The element of surprise. Yeah, it, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. So, Mike, uh, yes, sir. Uh, just uh, if you gonna, don't, I was going to say when you're patrolling the contact, the element of surprise is being used against you. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah, terrible. Hey, terrible I'm here. Tactic. Hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm here. <laughs> they know you're coming way before you know they're there. Well, you're waiting for somebody to shoot somebody. Right. You're yeah. waiting for somebody to shoot your friend so that you can go kill him, and that's. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I might do things a little bit different. <laughs> right, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Okay, so you you join the you join the SEAL team and then uh, you join the Navy. So you're how old are you when you go in, Mike? I joined the Navy when I was seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Did you go? Uh, well, okay. Like I said, everything was kind of an accident. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in a very violent household, like most people. Well, I don't know most people. I don't think we can say most people, but a lot of people have grown up in households where, I mean, they just weren't cared for. And they, and they had to survive. And that's the house I grew up in, and I had to survive. I didn't know it at the time. Right. I just I just thought that was what everybody else's house was like. <laughs> yeah, it was the norm, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I thought. Right. I, I, I thought it was normal to jump out of a two-story window getting away from my father. Wow, yeah. We understand uh, that. <laughs> I mean, uh, at one point, everybody thought it was a good idea to call this book Bone Frog, and, and I didn't like it. Bone Frog. Yeah, we're, before we came on, Dell and I were actually talking, we were talking about your book, and we were talking about Perfectly Wounded and how absolutely perfect of a name for your book that is. Just like how many times you were shot and, and how you ended up, you know, walking out of that. And, uh, I mean, it fits so great, you know. Well, it fits everything in my life. I was going to say, I was, yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was, I've had my ass handed to me. I just haven't been broken yet. Right. Yeah, you know, it it, it, um, it all started back when you were young, you know, growing up with your with your father. And and, uh, and that's why the SEAL teams were easy. Right. A lot of people uh, can't understand that. I didn't have PTSD from that event. I've had PTSD. Maybe that's going to be in the next book. It's not in that one, but right. um, I hear people talk about PTSD like it's permanent. I had PTSD for like four, four and a half months, and it went away. Right. Yeah. Well, it never completely goes away. Right. <laughs> Adapt and overcome. I mean, you either you either stay there or you move on. Right. Absolutely. You know, use it to grow, use it to get stronger, you know. The most interesting people I know have had, the, had their ass handed to them. <laughs> right, right. Like bad. Right. Very abusive, yeah. Very abusive households and... Okay. Now you... Yeah, and just the... Just the, the mo- I mean, people think I've suffered trauma. I mean, I, wor- I worked as a social worker for mm. seven years at the SOCOM Care Coalition probably dealt with four to 450 different cases, everything from cancer to ALS to guys like Taylor Morris, the guys at Quad Amp. Yeah. I've never seen that dude have a bad day. Right. I would imagine he probably does, but I've never seen that dude have a bad day. Well, that opens a new perspective for other people like, like ourselves, you know, like, 
Well, just I, I, how can I possibly have a bad day around him? Right, exactly. Uplifting I mean, his, to see them come through that. Yeah. His wife used to carry him around like a backpack. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She probably still does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like They're one of our awesome people, and they made me feel good. Yeah, absolutely. That's what that job did. Yeah. That job made me feel really good until it made me feel really bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's what's uh, you know with how you say what your the SEAL teams were were easy going you know going through what you went through at a young age and you go through that and it's it, it gives you that you know a good order and discipline but it's like what you went through it does make what the normal person who has goes through you know doesn't have that growing up obviously those SEAL, that's why you get the whenever you guys go through buds why you have so many people quit because they haven't really faced adversity up to that point well everything that's happened to me is a blessing because i see in society right now everybody's just trying to prove something to somebody else oh man yeah you nailed it i i, I got nothing to prove right and and this topic's been coming up uh, i think the reason why we are the way we are is because everybody has insecurities everybody absolutely i can I can tell you guys in the SEAL teams have insecurities. I had insecurities, and that's going to blow some people's minds. Right. And, and I'm like, man, that's just normal. Uh, yeah. Uh, I used to be concerned about what people thought, and I probably still have a little bit of that. I'm getting rid of that, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a process, man. It really is. It's a it's a struggle. And the, and the, the old flesh, when you think about, you know, well, how does people look at me with what I say, what I do? It's easy to say that we don't care, but, man, it's really harder to in yourself to go, man, do I really care about that or do I not, you know? Well, and the other one is being afraid to die. Mm. Well, we seen that, didn't we, when the coronavirus hit, I believe it. We've seen how many people are really afraid of, uh, <laughs> of death, you know? <laughs> monster in the room so <laughs> I get, nobody get, nobody will ever be able to tell me you're locked in here with me right absolutely that's kind of yeah well and that's a that's a life a life lesson you know i mean yeah you learn a lot of techniques and and tactical movements and you know shooting and everything else in, in the military and even the martial arts you know and but Man, that my is father, something. My father taught me way much more. Right, exactly. Than the SEAL teams ever did. That is, and and you know that made it. That makes you a better man, knowing instead of trying to to live in that, that you made yourself be who you are. You know, you made a better situation out of that. Nah, so many was, people don't. You know, it was just kind of an accident. I I met the right people at the right time. Relationships do matter. Absolutely, and they do. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have a non-profit here, and I'm going to work with at-risk youth. That's what I was. Right. Man, I mean, that's awesome. I, I, I'm a retired Navy SEAL with a Navy Cross, and my my psychological profile is not a whole lot different than 80% of a lot of convicts. <laughs> <laughs> I just had different opportunities, and I had different relationships. Right. And you took, and and you took those chances, those opportunities, you know? Are you when you're 14, 15, 16 years old? 
That's true. true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, as men, we, we, we really don't even develop until scientific, scientifically, they say, I think, 27 or so. Yeah. I'm 49, and I, I still feel like I'm a little kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what my yes. wife would say, too. So, <laughs> so Mike, at that age, what, what made you... What made you, you know, I mean, you say it was by accident, but what made you just go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is what I, I mean, was it because maybe you were in trouble or just something that you just said, hey, I'm, you know, can you talk about that? Like, what made you go at 17 and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. The military is where I'm going. Oh, yeah. So there was, there was a couple of divorces. Uh, like I said, it was very violent. I watched my father beat up two women. He beat me up. He beat my brother up. Hmm. Uh that that blew up i wound up going to live with my mother who i hadn't seen since i was like five years old Mm. completely uh alienated uh by both my parents they had completely alienated her Uh, i never i never got to talk to her i never got any birthday cards or christmas cards which she actually kept when I moved moved back in with her, she showed me all the stuff she she'd been sending my to myself and my brother all the years. Wow! And um, I mean, they did it to make us, you know, hate our mother, and we did. We hated her because hmm. uh, she abandoned us. Right? You know, that's what you thought. What, yeah. Well, that's what we got sold. Right. <clears throat> and I mean, uh, and th- this story's so common. <laughs> it's sad but you're right man yeah it's so common yeah so many of us had terrible terrible parents sure and i'm sure i wasn't the best but i tell you what my kids would tell me we wish you would spank us rather than yell at us right. <laughs> yeah. you've, never, you've never been spanked <laughs> <laughs> you just but think that baby, now yeah my, my babies are old i got a, i got one that's getting ready to turn 20 and the other one's 29 so. oh wow wow that's awesome, man. Now, they're both girls, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I remember hearing you say. So you, you, joined, the, you joined the teams, or you, well, you joined the Navy, and then, so what made you, when you get in the Navy, want to go to the, the SEALs? Well, it's the only reason I came in the Navy. I finally took that Navy diver's advice. Ah, nice. Um, I, I wouldn't have lasted four years on a boat. <laughs> I could have done four years in the Marine Corps, but I, there's no way I would have lasted four years on a ship. Ugh. I'm just glad that I'm not the only one that joined the Navy to not be on a ship. <laughs> yeah, Sam, he, he, he's a cor- Navy corpsman. Yeah, and those, yeah. And those guys work hard. They do, yeah. man. And it's crappy work. Right? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you can't get away. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> you're and there. Like, you're like 12 on, 12 off. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've floated around on, uh, on a submarine or two, like the old school submarines, not the Trident ones. So, I mean, those, those things are just floating <laughs> cities. They're yeah, huge. Yeah. yeah, I was on the Mew for like people, three months and it was rough. People don't understand that like three people share a bed on a submarine. Yeah. Well, used to. Man, I always say it takes a special special kind of breed to want to be a submariner, man. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's not me. No, it's not me either, man. No. <laughs> not me either. Too closed in. Talking about smelling like a recirculated fart after. Yeah. Oh, months. yeah. Right? Yeah. Golly. <laughs> no kidding. My laundry smelled so bad, and we were only on there for like 
A week. <laughs> right? Can you imagine being down there for months and oh, months? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it. Me either. There's not even a, there's not even a window. No, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. I'm having fun with you guys. That's yeah, awesome. Man. Us it, too, man. man. This is this is what this is our podcast is about, man. We're just here to talk and have fun, man. So, you, uh, what buds class were you? I was in three. Oh, cool. Nice, nice, man. That's awesome. I started in 166, which was one of the most brutal hell weeks I think they've ever seen. Oof. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. And that's in the first phase, right? Hell week. Well, that's all. That's all in the book, too. I, I mean. I got rolled graduation week at boot camp. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's because a guy put a booger on my pillow. Uh-oh. <laughs> can't get disrespected like that. <laughs> Actually, I can't, I can't say that. <laughs> the reason I got rolled gradual, graduation week is because uh, my re- my reaction to somebody putting right. a booger on my pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, I got rolled uh, after 166, and it was a mean hell week. Mm. And I, that's where I'd actually talk about Bentley. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. He's probably, he didn't make it through Buds, but he's, I say in the book, he's one of the uh, strongest people I've ever come across. Man. I'll definitely read that part. Uh, he was read? just, he just kind of was just a little bit skinny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh he didn't quit though wow was it an injury or something took him out I guess we can wait till we get your book it's coming in so <laughs> but yeah so so you get, so you get through ahead. that and then you get what what initial SEAL team did you get to uh chronologically I, I did SEAL team 3 uh did 4 platoons there and I actually had orders to buds and accidentally tried out for the jump team and got picked up for that so i was on the jump team for three years oh wow <laughs> and tell you what man that was scarier than, than being in a gunfight <laughs> i can imagine dude i can imagine man, we, it was fun and man we landed in some crazy places and did some crazy things wow but it was fun yeah, that's why I think that's I think that's the most fun I had in my career. Wow. It was that three years? Man, that's awesome. You guys did a lot of jump shows and stuff, jumping in places and all that. I know you were in Kansas City. I, I seen that, right? Kansas City was my favorite place to go. Oh yeah, awesome. It's good barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I don't even eat pork. Ah. Uh, but Kansas City, the guy that owned that that football team, the Hunts. I I don't watch football. I don't watch sports. I watch fighting and surfing. Awesome. Uh, but he would give us passes. I mean, we were in the locker room. Nice. We were uh, just everywhere, anywhere we wanted to go in that stadium. And he actually had an apartment there. Really. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, he just let us do whatever we wanted to do. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And we jumped a lot. 
and I've never seen football fans like Kansas City. Mm. It's, it's... They would have they'd have block parties. They we would jump into uh, block parties they were having when they were having home games, and they you know all the fountains in town they they'd put dye in them yeah. for the color of their team and. And from 3,000 feet, I could hear them singing the national anthem. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that'll, that'll put chills down your arm. But they don't say, but they don't say home, home of the brave. They say, and the home of the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, they do a lot. Of, I know uh, their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, he builds a lot of houses for homeless veterans. And, uh, does he? Yeah, he does. They have, like, in Kansas City, they've got, like, a little, almost like a little community of these tiny houses that they build and and then we have some FFA programs here in southeast Missouri that that their FFA they build these tiny houses for homeless veterans and stuff too and they'll take them up to St. Louis and and things like that they do a lot of cool stuff and uh which I think is really needed I tell you what if you if you were to take a bunch of homeless veterans and and make communes for them they would be fine oh Oh, absolutely Right. I, I tell I tell my liberal friends I love socialism and communism. There's just one problem with it, <laughs> and that's human nature. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's communes out in Arizona that work. There's in California. Oh yeah. And and they're completely self-contained. Yeah. It's, when it becomes a bureaucracy is when the problems start. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we have some here in Missouri too. People that have live off the grid as we call it you know and just do their own thing and don't want to be messed with and uh when everybody thinks about missouri they think about you know st louis kansas city the big cities but there's a lot of a lot of uh rednecks kind of like us you know in these smaller communities and up in the hills and (laughs) so well i guess if if we're going to use that term redneck there's probably more in florida than anywhere else in the the country man you're you're right man yeah nobody would know that no it's so funny (laughs) until you start talking to people that you know is from down there you know and they'll just tell you florida's nothing but a big beach right it's a big it's a big it's a big giant swamp yeah (laughs) And, and there's a lot of people that live in the backwoods out there. Yes, they do. Yeah. Some good hunting down there. Yeah, alligators, crocodiles, <laughs> tigers, and bears. And yeah, zombies. they got a little bit of everything. <laughs> Some of the most beautiful and then, turkey, and then, too. And then, of course, we could probably feed the whole population in the United States with all the python snakes that are loose down oh, there. Oh, man. <laughs> man. It's bad. It's like uh, it's messing up the ecosystem down there with all of them. Yeah. I bet you they taste pretty damn good. Just oh, like yeah. So, yeah. I bet you they taste just like chicken. <laughs> Everything yeah. does. And, man, you'd have a lot of meat. Some things are big, yeah. man. Like 25-, 30-foot-long snake. Yeah. yeah. A freezer full of snakes. Man. That's what we did in Thailand, man. They kill those cobras and snap their heads off. You drink their blood, and they put it in liquor, drink it, because they said it gave them strength before <laughs> battle. and. You're just like, whatever, man. Just, just oh, I don't know. That it. sounds kind of dangerous to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the Marines for you. Yeah. Blood, I'll drink it. Just give it here. <laughs> so, you did the jump team, and then, so what happened after that, Mike? Where'd you go when you got done with your duty there? Oh, came, came out the SEAL Team 8 uh, on the East Coast. Cool. And, uh... I did one deployment there to Kosovo, 
Well, it was a UCOM, <clears throat> a European deployment, so I got to see her up. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I, it was, I've watched a lot of these guys over the years after after both of the wars started, and everybody's like, oh, I gotta go to war, I gotta go to war. And I was like, man, you've, you've been on three combat deployments. You should, you should try to go do a UCOM. Yeah. <laughs> You're, well, it was fun when I was there. Right. It was before the... Uh, they started using the euro. Mm. I mean, everything was dirt cheap. Yeah. Well, except for gas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could you could rent like the the craziest Porsche you can come up with for like one hundred twenty five dollars for three days. Wow. But then you'd spend like fifteen hundred dollars on gas <laughs> to get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, they, they, it's like well, it's all taxes too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they charge four dollars for a liter. Holy cow! Yeah, dude, that's like sixteen dollar gallon. Yeah, golly, <laughs> be getting a bike or something. <laughs> I mean, that's that's socialism. That's right. Yeah. yeah, ride the train. Whatever you can do. I mean, a lot of people don't understand how much money. I mean, the government makes more money off a gallon of gas in this country than the oil companies do. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's different from state to state. That's why I say, I mean, we should all have diesel engines. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just bought this F-350. Yeah, it's not real great gas mileage, but, I mean, the thing is ginormous, and I get, like, 16 to 17 miles a gallon. It's diesel. The engine's never going to die. The right. body of this thing is going to rot around. Yeah. Uh, it's it's easily a three hundred thousand mile engine. Oh yeah. Yeah, if we were smart, um, that's all we'd put in vehicles. And and people don't understand that the reason why fuel prices are so high is because there's different regulations from state to state on emissions. Yeah. And they don't know that gasoline is just over manufactured diesel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Byproduct of it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so manipulated. Right. I mean, diesel used to be, it was dirt cheap. Yeah. And the only reason it's not dirt cheap anymore is because there's not whole, there's not many diesel vehicles on the road. Right. Because they, and I bet you, I don't know about this yet, but I bet you that the stuff that they put in the semi trucks is a lot different than the stuff that we put in our uh, personal vehicles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why they have, like, farm diesel and road diesel. All that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet you it's all the same. Yeah. They just tell you it's different, right? Yeah. Put a different color of dye in it. Yeah. (laughs) Watch watch cars drive on French fried grease. Come on. Right. Yes. Yeah. Smell like like Burger King by you when they pull up. Yeah. It does. You know, I used to eat that stuff no more. Oh, no. Uh... So, on your deployment, on, on let, let, let's talk about if it's okay about whenever you got you got shot twenty seven times. And okay. because we want to kind of like, I don't think people quite understand, you know, the people that listen to us and, and our community, small town community here, doesn't quite understand. You know, you get shot twenty seven times. 99 almost 100 out of 100 times you're not walking away from that you know 
and for your body armor, you, know, you got shot what, 11 times in your body armor. Yeah, that and, hurt worse. Yeah, it, well, you're in your body armor is not supposed to take that many rounds, you know, and so it's it's it, absolute miracle. Yeah, man. So if you don't mind, let's get into that. If you don't mind, Mike. All right. Well, I'm gonna start it different than I usually do. I usually tell the story, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, where all the rounds hit. Okay. So from the ground up, I had one go in my upper thigh, my left side, and I got tattoos on these ones. Uh, It went clean through my upper left thigh, and I might overcount, but oh, come on. Uh, yeah. yeah, fish story is a fish story. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I'm I'm starting to think that that round was the one that that sailed through my scrotum and separated my vast aspirins. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> but okay, so the one clean through the lie, I had one go through my scrotum, separate my my, my left vast aspirins. I had one enter my lower right thigh on the inside, and it ran all the way up my leg. Mm. And that's where you're, those, that's, well, yeah, whoever that is, it's probably a medic. Whoever just made that, mm. <laughs> uh, Because a lot of people don't understand how kinetic energy works. And right. around that went in at my knee, on my inner thigh, and ran up all the way to my upper thigh and came out. You don't even have to hit the vein. You don't have to hit the artery. It should have been pulverized. It should have just blown up. Yeah. Uh, and I got shot twice in the butt. Um, Forrest Gump only got shot in the butt once. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I got shot in the stomach. Uh, that one snuck up just underneath my body armor. And that went through my uh, intestinal tract. I lost, I think, a foot of small intestine. Yeah, it was definitely small intestine. It went through my bladder, so I had to stint my bladder, which was later pulled out through my urethra. With, and I was conscious. Oh, oh man. I'm bring that up because that's like one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, where am I? My left thumb was almost amputated at the middle joint. My left upper arm, I had four rounds. We'll just call them holes. Four holes. My upper right arm had three holes. Uh, my right scapula had two rounds go through it and shatter it. Um, I had a terrible exit wound out of my right armpit. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I forget where I started and ended. I can guarantee you, though, that the the 11 rounds that hit my body armor hurt way worse than any of those. Wow. I only had two bones hit. My left thumb, which doesn't work the way it used to. And I lost a job. I was back to teaching military free fall, and I found out that sometimes my back locks up and my right arm doesn't work, which keeps you from opening your parachute. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That would so, be a bad day. No, it's a good day. I opened the, I, I opened the other one. Yeah, right. there you go. But it's, it's been awesome. I've had so much fun. 
it's good to have, you know, it's really awesome to hear how you keep your, your positive attitude through all that, you know, because as we know, you know. Uh, I can tell you right now I'm getting my ass handed to me right now more than I ever have been. I've got so much stuff going on, and we don't get to talk about it on this podcast. Sure. But you wouldn't believe it. It's tough, and, man. This flesh is I, tough, man. And, and I can honestly tell you I'm super happy. Right? Right? Because I'm working on doing what I want to do. Man, what you're doing is amazing. You know, and your story is going to change people's lives because, you know, Lee and I work with a lot of uh, wounded warriors, if you will, you know, uh, Purple Heart recipients. Some of our really good friends lost limbs in Afghanistan, uh, Iraq, and... Uh, some of the yeah. most positive people. Oh man, they're you know they're they're just like you, Mike. That have that, you know, and and like every day is not a, uh, you know, it's not rainbows and sunshine, but they make it out to be that way. You know what I'm saying? They don't let it get them down. You know, and uh, oh, I I just I've, my life has taught me that it doesn't matter what happens; it's just going to work out. Right, right. I don't I don't care if the rest of you turn into zombies. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, we can't worry about what everybody else does, you know. We have to worry about what we do and, you know, and how we how we react. Um, I mean, you're the I creator of your own happiness, you know. Of course. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even know what my own wants and needs were. Right. That, that, that was a pretty big step. Yeah, can you... Can you uh, elaborate on that just a little bit, Mike? What for our listeners? What do you, what exactly do you mean by that? Um, I always know who people are when I figure out what their motivations are. Uh huh. Um. Uh, it's so impromptu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry to put you on the spot like that. I, I just I know that a lot of listeners. Was, I, I, that was that was one of my biggest problems that I had I did not know what I wanted or needed man and I, I never verbalized it consciously audibly viciously I just never I never addressed it right and when, when I figured out what I wanted and needed because uh, I was always doing it for everybody else mm. yeah and, and if you've never heard the word Codependency. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> Man, I th- yeah, you're like, you know, what? What's neat is obviously how you know we've kept up with your story, and you know we're excited to get your book in, and you know delve deeper into that, but you know. I think what's really cool too, like my my son, you know, watching videos of you and, and and seeing what you've been through and that kind of pushing him to say, you know, I can go a little bit farther. You know, he's nine years old, but being able to to say, well, I can I can really do this if I if I want to work hard enough or anything like that. And I think that's what's really cool. Anybody could be a Navy SEAL. Anybody could be. Anything they want to be, right? right. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of accidentally did what did what I did. I mean, it, it wasn't a drive for me. I, I didn't make a decision. I want to do this because of this, right? 
I, I was only there because my life circumstances yeah. put me there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed or whatever you want to call it. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a religious man. Uh, I believe in God. I just don't know which one's real right now. Yeah. But, well, I think that's a, yeah, that's a, you know, a, a process that everybody has to go through in life, you know. Um, but you know, the thing is, man, it, it, you, you reacted on your situations and, and, uh, so many times, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people that, you know, are, uh, depressed and, you know, and a lot of them haven't been through, you know, and it doesn't matter, you know, what, what, what people been through, man. That was one of the hardest things I ever had to teach anybody. And that, that was that you, you can't say that you can feel bad about having issues because somebody else's issues are worse like you're putting on some kind of scale right and the the emotion is the same and everything is a practice Man, Resili- building resiliency I mean if you sit on your couch and watch TV and eat Twinkies all day that's about all you're going to be able to deal with you right. need to get out and practice mm-hmm. and that's working out I'm the, you know don't kill yourself you know you, you, you don't can't you can't come from the couch watching 12 hours of TV a day eating Twinkies to doing 10 mile runs you just can't do it right right uh, but I mean everything's a practice man it is if, if, if you are feeling terrible you practice feeling terrible mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. just training you train yourself in you can train yourself out Man, that is so true. So true. It's so easy. I don't know how everybody just can't see it. Right. Yeah. Right. I think it's easy. Cause I, I think it's because we make excuses, Mike. You know, they. It's easy. It's easy to say, well, it's because I got you know I got this going on, I got that going on. You know. Um, or, yeah, we're all busy. Right. Exactly. Or man, you, I, know how many, you know how many people I've just recently had to go back and apologize to. That's yeah. I understand that one. And that's not easy, but uh, it, it's something we have to do, you know. It really is. Well, I mean, if you're lucky enough to realize that maybe you were just a little bit too impatient. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, that, that's, that's good stuff. Did so, I already say don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> right. Me too. Me too. And that, that's actually a nicer way of saying a means to an end. And I hate that. I hate a means to an end. Right. Uh, but mm. that's because I was judgmental. Yeah. 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 I always seem, it seems that always, it's my thing with, with struggling with that is I always seem to hurt the people that I love the most. You know, oh, it's, it's the easiest. You know how to do it. Yeah, and and you figure that they're going to forgive you for it, <laughs> you know, because they love you too. But no, but that's but, not always but, the case. But, but the reaction is because they hurt your feelings. Right. Yeah. They, they did it to you too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I tell you, that's a that's a tough one. I see a lot of myself and a lot of other people that struggle with that that whole man. Like you said, forgiveness and, and or asking for forgiveness is even harder than. You forgiven someone sometimes. Sometimes you can't forgive, you know, or I struggle with it. I try to, but 
that uh, I, I would I would think most people would agree if they were honest with themselves that the hardest person to forgive is themselves. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're a sociopath. Right, right. But they're not always bad people either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's definitely a difference between a sociopath and a psychopath. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I love having psychopaths on the battlefield. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, actually, you know what? I'm not a psychologist, so I might be screwing that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same uh, here. Sociopath. And and a lot of times those people, I mean, you can't blame them. Right. A lot of people thought I was a sociopath. Is that just because of how you how you reacted to things or because they can't understand how I've, I've 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 gone through the things I have, and I'm not, not just in pieces. And yeah, well, I mean, I take care of those emotions on my on my time. Right. Right. Well, and it's not like it ends, man. You know, I mean. No, man, there's something every day, you know, most of the time. Uh, you know, just... I, I recently told somebody I, I pretty much cry every day. Right. I guess I, I, I need to uh, expound on that. I don't I don't get into crying fits. I mean, I hear a song that reminds me of a friend that's gone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, I, you know, I shed a little tear. Right. That's why it's so great that I got shot in the nuts and I got shot 27 times. <laughs> and I got nothing to prove to nothing anymore. I mean, I had somebody call me a pussy. I'm like, I just, all I could do was laugh at him. Like, Are you kidding me? Right, right. Are you kidding? And, and that person actually knew what I've done. Wow. And I'm not a chest beater. I'm right. like, <laughs> you're going to try to demasculate me? Right. Makes them feel me. better. <laughs> temporarily I, temporarily I hope, it, I hope it worked right exactly exactly there again that's that goes back to that whole you know do we really care what people you know think say feel about us you know hell yeah we do and we do man we do you know well some of us more than others I'm getting to the point where I don't care what any of y'all think <laughs> <laughs> and as we get older that happens more man well or it has uh, for me. You I'm, know. I'm tired of hurting my own feelings. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, we we appreciate you you coming on here, man. This has been, uh, you're you know, like I said before, we followed your story. You're you're one of these veteran uh, that we look up to, and uh, you know we. We try to live our lives the best we can, well, and I still won't really get that. But. <laughs> well, that's just that's the humble of you, man. That's because it, it is true, man. You know, I mean, you know, we, we we definitely, I mean, we've been talking about this since we talked to you guys last week. You know, and it was like, man, this is to us, you know, uh, it's an honor for us to even be able to speak with you and to hear your story. You know, because I know your story is going to change somebody, you know, and, and make them think that what they're going through, it ain't that bad. And 
that they're going to get through it. They're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, push oh, on. Wait, wait, wait till they hear I can prove that uh, mental illness can be directly attributed to uh, nutrition. Wow. Not, not psychological weakness. I mean, that's the... What we I've put in our P- bodies. I've had PTSD. I'm going to put it in the next book. I think my next book's going to be about uh, <clears throat> relationships. Oh, cool. Um, That's important. Because I've had some pretty, very extreme relationships. And uh, perceptions and the way we interpret things, words mean something. Right. Um, so what, 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 from the time when you got shot till now that you wrote your book, like, was it just that length of time for you to put all those thoughts into words onto paper? Or is it something that you decided a few years ago that that you were going to write a book? No, I'm going to answer that with, I never wanted to do it. And I acquired my own agenda and that's (laughs) why, and I'm not going to say anything more about it. (laughs) (laughs) Understand. Yeah. Okay. Well, man, we're glad you did because yeah, absolutely, um, it's an awesome story. Um, if you, if you want to say it's all, aw- I mean, it is awesome because, like I said, it's encouraging. You know, it's not awesome that that things happen. These things happen to people, but the way you you know come through it and uh, you know pushed on and and you know being the the man that you are now is is. Is turning encouraging, a, man. Turning a negative into a positive. Man, yeah, you know. and that's what, look what's going on today in this world, man. It's what, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. That's a great compliment. Yeah, man. Well, that's the way we feel. I mean, that's what we've said from day one, watching you on other podcasts, reading, you know, reading articles about you, reading, you know, or listening to you speak. And, and uh, you know, with, with what we're doing with our podcast, I said, man, we, we need to get him on there because he is such a motivational person. Uh, even if you don't feel that way, I, I, I get that, but... Because, man, you never know who's watching you. You don't know who you're mentoring, you know? That's what's crazy. And, I know. And, and then we, we hear things and do things and people react to it and you're like, wow. You know, or somebody tells you, you know, man, you know, I've been watching you for a long time and, man, you've encouraged me to do this. You know, just like Lee's son, you know, watching videos of you at nine years old. You guys should talk to Jimmy Hatch. Jimmy Hatch. We'll write that name down. We'll reach out. I was assigned to him. Okay. Uh, when I was uh, working at the SOCOM Care Coalition, and uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to think. This is all open source here. Yeah. So Jimmy uh, was at uh, SEAL Team Six, mm. and he was on one of the ops to go after Bergdahl. Remember that name? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, his dog got killed, and he got shot in the leg, and he went through some bad times. I met Jimmy because he had self-admitted in, in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, for su- suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. And then um, also I'm going to have to plug his his, his uh, Spikes Canine Fund. Oh, cool. he, he buys, uh, he raises money to give uh, equipment to like police dogs and working dogs and service dogs and I don't even know what all he's doing. I I, I got too much going on in my own life to figure <laughs> out what he's doing. Right, right. Uh, 
I think we're going to have a pretty good fundraiser for him uh, this 4th of July at Mike Stack's place. Another SEAL. Yeah. You know, awesome. Owns a bar called Bold Mariner. So I'm trying to pull all the SEALs together in Virginia Beach uh, that have books or, uh, you know, DJ Shipley. He's got a skateboard company. Yeah. 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 Uh, you guys know DJ? Yeah. He, yeah. he, he has the where he uses almost like the... Uh, it looks like Launch? lightning on the uh, boards, ain't it? Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's him. You guys ought to come out. You know, come come to Bold Mariner on the Fourth of July. Oh man, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it went off on a tangent. Forgot where I was. Oh, that's all right, man. Yeah, we were just talking about Jimmy Hatch and yeah, Jimmy Hatch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we'll reach out to him, man. And uh, like I said, man, once again, we we really appreciate you, Mike. And uh, we will uh, definitely be reading your book. We'll be pushing your book on our website and our everything we have, all our platforms. So I appreciate uh, it. Oh yeah, man. Thank you. And everybody can go to your website at www.perfectlywounded.com. Yeah, my daughter made that website. And we were looking at it. It's awesome. It is awesome, man. All right. All right, man. You guys later. You All guys right. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. You too, Thank buddy. You. Appreciate care. you, man. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Later, guys. Later. Bye.